Chris Marshall, he gone. Anyway, we'll tell you what the Ole Miss wide receiver room has to look forward to now that this has happened. We'll talk about Aiden Williams a little bit as well. But this is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast Special Edition. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Also, thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcast. So tune in, subscribe, all of that good stuff as well. Anyway, we're going to get right to it. I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. This is a special edition podcast because Chris Marshall was dismissed from the team. Now, this was always a possibility based off of why he was at Ole Miss to begin with. He had problems at Texas A&M. So whenever he got to Ole Miss... We hoped for the best, we rooted for him like everything's going to be okay, and we didn't have a reason to do anything else until something broke, well, something broke. I don't know exactly what happened, we'll probably never know what happened, but something did and Ole Miss cut ties with Chris Marshall today. Now, when I was down at the Under Armour All-American game, um, one of the national recruiting guys, not John Garcia, just another one that it doesn't participate on the show all the time, was like, hey... What do, you, do you think Chris Marshall will make it to fall? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, eh. And he started telling me the story of everything that was going on and somebody that he'd followed all the way through from his high school years through A&M and after he transferred to Ole Miss. And I was like, well, I'm assuming he would be. You know, I figured when players get to Ole Miss, the protect the team stuff, it was going to kind of take over. And But that put that thought in my head that Chris Marshall – you need to do what you need to do to keep him happy. And Lane Kiffin tried to do that in the spring game. You can see that they were force-feeding him the ball in the spring game. But the moment, it was a powder keg. It was it was kind of like um, a dump truck going through a nitroglycerin factory. It, looking back in hindsight, and I realized that this just happened, you know, there, there was always this possibility. And if anybody says otherwise, it was almost like wishful thinking, in my opinion. But according to the release, he's gone. We wish him well in his future endeavors. He'll probably end up at a G5 school somewhere or an FCS school, similarly to a Randy Moss. And if he gets his head screwed on right, um, he'll absolutely dominate that level and end up in the league anyway. So, you know, he is not he's not out of the woods yet, but he can still recover and make this a better situation than it is. Now, the real question that we need to talk about is what does the wide receiver room look like minus Chris Marshall, and how does that affect the quarterback competition? Because those are the two questions after this that everybody wants to know. Now, remember that Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins are back. Trey Harris is here, the former All-Conference USA player out of Louisiana Tech. Braylon Brown is back. Brandon Buckhalter's in the portal, but this might be something that keeps him in Oxford, knowing that these reps are now up for grabs a bit. And then you have Aiden Williams, who we're going to talk about in the third segment a little bit today. But make no mistake, anybody that tells you that losing Chris Marshall doesn't hurt, they're lying to you. 
the offense is not going to be as explosive without him in it than with him clicking on all cylinders. We needed a ton of stuff to go right and everything to work well for this thing to hit its top level. That's just the way this offense is right now. We're not Alabama. We're not Georgia. We do need breaks. We didn't need that many. But somebody like Chris Marshall needed to be on the field, especially with a quarterback like Jackson Dart who wants to push the ball down the field. What Chris Marshall leaving has done has made Jackson Dart a little bit less stable as a leading quarterback candidate. Without those targets to throw the ball down the field, it becomes an interesting proposition. For instance, if Ole Miss were to go to predominantly 12 personnel with Caden Priest-Corn and Michael Trigg on the field at the same time, you move Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins out to one receiver, one receiver is Trey Harris, and you run an offense not as run heavy as it was last year, but more of a zone read where you're trying to get Trigg in the middle of the field. You're trying to get Quinshawn Judkins in the middle of the field or receiving the ball, and then you're running zone reads off of them. Spencer Sanders might have a leg up in this quarterback competition if that's the offense that you want to run. Jackson Dart, not saying he's only effective when he throws the ball downfield, but that is what he predominantly likes to do. And the loss of Chris Marshall and replacing him with somebody they've seen, okay, you know what this offense looks like, or a true freshman, Aiden Williams, they're going to kind of know what this offense can do. Like I said, Trey Harris, excellent wide receiver for what this offense needs to do. But whenever you had Chris Marshall, this wide receiver unit was more talented potentially than it was last year. And that's with a second-round draft pick on the field. Now that's not so much the case. So the focus shifts from the outside to the inside. So the tight end position and use of the middle of the field, all this stuff that I have harped on over and over and over again becomes absolutely relevant. The the duo of Caden Priestcorn and Michael Trigg in the pass game can be a weapon that most teams will have trouble with stopping. Jordan Watkins can play on the outside. He did at Louisville. Um, Dayton Wade can play on the outside. He did at Western Kentucky. We should be in a situation where 12 personnel could be an avenue for us to go. Now, we also have like Caden Lee, and there's other people that can play in the slot. The point is, we have wide receivers, and we have a lot of wide receivers. And when we come back, I'll let you know what those wide receivers are and potentially how we might use them and why this isn't a death sentence. This was a luxury. You just went from a, you know, a BMW to a Lexus is what, what's happened in the wide receiver room. But you have dropped down a little bit. There's no doubt about that. Anyway, I do want to let you know this special edition of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. That's because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. The safety and security of the app 
is the reason that I like to push them. That's the reason that I am letting everybody know that they exist. Because I realize that in Mississippi, a brick-and-mortar casino is required for gambling. But with the FanDuel, if you're in Louisiana, if you're in Tennessee, Memphis, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Nashville, Tennessee, you can use the FanDuel app. And there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to try and talk to John Gillespie um, whenever we come back on Monday's show. Um, Chris Childers is scheduled for Friday's podcast. So we're starting to get some off-season type guests lined up, and we're building and doing all the stuff that we were doing last week. We're still doing it. So May's going to be busy as heck. So um, tune in for that. Anyway. So we talked about Chris Marshall going out. So what's coming back? What do we have? And the, and the one thing, my pick to click last season that didn't get much playing time at all, I either I completely whiffed on that prediction or I may be right but a year early, but Braylon Brown, he went in the transfer portal. He's a player that has a flair for the dramatic in practice, makes really great pro- catches, Drop some routine stuff. So if his hand shears up, he has the athletic ability, everything to be the number one, number two wide receiver that he was recruited to be. He's a former four-star player out of, I think, like Hollywood, Florida, somewhere down in South Florida. Really good player. Brandon Buckhalter out of, I think, Flowood, Mississippi, he ended up at. I'm not sure he was... He moved around a little bit because of the COVID and people not playing ball and all of that stuff. But he ended up signing with Ole Miss. He had a really good rapport building with Walker Howard. He's in the transfer portal right now. He's not, it's not known that he's leaving right now, or at least to my knowledge, he hasn't left yet. If I'm wrong, please put it in the comments down below. Let me know. But he's a guy with that rapport. You saw him kind of flash a little bit in the spring game. He's somebody that can be expected to take a step. Now, you have the Jordan Watkins and Jaden Wade. Those are two players that are candidates for slot-type receivers. Honestly, because of their size, but they both have a history playing on the outside. So they could end up on the outside doing the stuff that, you know, Jonathan Mingo and Malik Heath did. Now, but one thing that everybody needs to realize about the wide receiver room, and especially with these young, these smaller-type wide receivers, is the big ones – on the outside, the blocking in the run game is important, especially with a back like Quinshawn Judkins. It just is. Whoever plays that position kind of needs to show out. J.J. Henry's back as well as a potential slot receiver. So we'll see exactly how they do. I, I, I'm looking forward to exactly what this unit can do and the growth that they can have um, in the course from last year to this year. Like I said, them plus Trey Harris – you might still have something to look forward to. Like I said, it's not as explosive unit as it was with Chris Marshall. Marshall. With Chris Marshall on this team, Jackson Dart was a more... He was a better fit at the quarterback position because of the dominance being on the outside of the formation and he didn't like to throw the ball between the numbers to begin with. 
But if Chris Marshall is not on this team, it makes him less of a fit. So we'll have to see. I'm, I know I'm going to annoy everybody. My everydayers are going to get really frustrated about this. But minus Chris Marshall, in my opinion, it's advantage Spencer Sanders A and Aiden Williams B. Those are the two big winners today. Seriously. And coming up after the break, we will talk a little bit about Aiden Williams and um, his role coming in. He's the future number one at Ole Miss. And if you look at the number one wide receivers, and I'm not talking about like which wide receivers are number one. I'm talking about literal jersey numbers. The last three number ones that Ole Miss have had has a second-round pick in Jonathan Mingo, a second-round pick in A.J. Brown, and a first-round pick in Laquan Treadwell. It's the last three number ones. It's kind of heady stuff. Anyway, stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, um, comment, upvote, all of that stuff as well. We'd appreciate it very much. My voice is kind of slipping a little bit today. Today is normal, I mean, my, my voice day off, which I kind of need. So bear with me if I go in and out during this last segment of the show. I do want to talk about Aiden Williams. I think Aiden Williams is important. I've, I have actually laid eyes on Aiden Williams, went to the Under Armour All-American game, watched practices, left there immensely impressed with this football player. Catch radius out of this world, one of the better route runners there. I mean, he's not the fastest guy there, but he's not slow, and he uses his body really well. Um Mike Espy and Shea Hodge at um, the Mesh Academy, I think that's the name of it, they've done a heck of a job at training this wide receiver. Really, really good player. Um, Ole Miss fans, if you see it, Mike, if you see Shea, tell them what a good job they're doing because I'll, I'll put it like this. I went to the Under Armour practice, and Aiden Williams was possibly the best prepared one there for the Under Armour situation as far as all the coaching. that He wasn't just relying on athletic ability. Now, he had had in spades, obviously. He showed he's at the Under Armour game. He was a heck of an athlete, you know. But you have a situation to where it didn't have to be shown. There's some wide receivers that it, his athletic ability it was obviously the reason he was there. I think um, the branch kid was at that game. He was there. And you can look at him and tell his athletic ability is so far superior to everybody else. That's the level he's making it. Aiden Williams looked like a wide receiver. A well-coached one. Honestly, if we're being real about this, not a typical Mississippi-type wide receiver. And this shows you the work they've done at the Mesh Academy of getting them to the level that they need to be. And his catch radius, his route running, his hands, all of this stood out when the he was on the field with the best players in the country. Now, am I saying that Aiden Williams is going to be a star his freshman year? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he could be, and I'm saying we shouldn't be surprised if he plays very, very early. But I don't think the pressure is there for him to have to perform because of players that I've already mentioned. But 
just like A.J. Brown, who played sparingly his freshman year, I do expect Aiden Williams to get on the field and to flash. Everybody remembers A.J. Brown's freshman year catching the long touchdown pass from Chad Kelly um, against Alabama in 2016. I do expect Aiden Williams to flash. I do expect him to honestly be what we expect him to be. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show, Monday on the show. John Gillespie, Chris Childers will be on this week from SiriusXM. Um, we'll be telling you if we're on SiriusXM. I don't know what the interest level will be for baseball after this weekend. They're, they're in the middle of game three as I speak. So thank you very much for doing this. This is going to be the wide receiver report card type video. That's the reason we talked about everything because the news changed when we're releasing all of these videos. So I'm Stephen Willis. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Thank you very much and hotty toddy.